Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 I sure look it, Ben. I hope you have your content umbrella handy because we have been caught in an absolute content deluge. We're up to our ankles, Ben, in sopping wet, muddy content. So we better get on with it because we're going to be taking a look at Michael Morbius. Is it or isn't it Morbin time? That's what the internet wants to know. Yes. Not only that, but you don't talk during my bit. Not only that, <laughs> but also we're having a look at The Boys Season 3, Stranger yes. Things Season 4, and Star Wars The Prequels Episode 4, Obi-Wan Kenobi Returns. Where is he this week? Uh, Obi-Wan and about the place. Come here to me, Michael. If that wasn't enough, and it actually sounds like it might be this week. Might be. Might be. <laughs> we also have our filler topic for the week at the back end. It's Cartoon <laughs> Multiverses, Michael. Very good, very good. Take that, um, cartoon multiverses. Benjamin. Yes. Let us address a very 2022 phenomena. Go on. And that 2022 phenomena, Benjamin, is the unexplained renaissance of the film Michael Morbius. He's a vampire. Michael Morbius, he's at it again. Suck, suck, vampy, vampy boy. Yeah, he's, he's, always, he's always sucking on people because he's a big vampire. Ben. Yeah. This is one of the greatest stories in the history of popular culture, I have to say. I don't think that's true. It is not the film Morbius. The film Morbius is absolutely appalling, Ben. It's like it was written by a 13-year-old. Dog caca, if you will. A big, real pile of poop. Benjamin, the internet. Do you know the story here? Do you want to fill the listeners in? No, no, you're going to have to to fill me in here, Michael, because all I've heard is he's back. He's back, Benjamin. And he's back for one reason and one reason only. And that is that Sony do not get it, Ben. They do not get it. What no. is it? What is the it that Sony do not get? Everything. Because... All of it. The internet has been aflame, Benjamin, over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to just name some websites, Benjamin. YouTube. Reddit. Twitter. Instagram. 4chan. Benjamin. A whole lot of them. Benjamin. Tumblr. Oh, Ben, it's non-stop. And on all of these, Ben, the young people, Ben, the Generation Z, we wouldn't even understand what they're doing. They're doing a dab. They're doing a TikTok. And most importantly of all, they're extolling the virtues of the greatest film of all time, Michael Morbius. He's coming to get you. Sucky, sucky vampire. He's back at it again. And Benjamin, they are celebrating the film and they're celebrating in particular the stunning moment in the film where Dr. Michael Morbius says his famous catchphrase it's Morbin time it's a classic it's, it was right there in the 80s cartoons Michael it was there in every single panel that Michael Morbius ever had it's, it's a notable catchphrase Michael it's been used throughout all of time and has influenced other pop culture classics like Indiana Jones who famously yeah. says it when he has to retrieve his hat from some yeah, kind yeah. of perilous ancient Mayan trap yeah, it's there in uh, the Star Wars when Luke says, "You murdered my father," and of course, Darth Vader turned around and said, "Yes, it's Morbin time," and then turns into a vampire. Exactly, Benjamin. It's classic. one of the most. It's an iconic pop culture line, Benjamin. And yeah. now, Benjamin, if the execs, Ben, the studio execs, you know them, you know those pricks, the studio execs, <laughs> if those cocaine-addled idiots in Sony are listening to this podcast. <laughs> They have now come up with one further reason why the internet clearly wants Morbius back in theatres, Ben. <laughs> so, the the Ben, the reason is it's, it's super popular and it has a, gra- a grassroots, ground-level following of no, people who just... <laughs> Benjamin, that's because you understand sarcasm and irony because you're not a cocaine-addled idiot. <laughs> I'm not as stiff in a suit. Exactly, Benjamin. You can't even get stiff in a suit. You need to wear your special outfit. But that's irrelevant for the conversation we're having. Benjamin. Circulation boxers are very important, Michael. Very important. Sony decided on the back of the popularity of the phrase, it's Morbin time. Yeah. They decided that there was a, a real grawl, Benjamin, as we say here in Ireland, a real demand for more Morbius. Or as you would say, Morbius. Yes, I probably would have so, said that. They put it back in cinemas, Ben. They re- they re-released the film Morbius in a thousand theatres, Ben. Fucking dopes. 
Ben, Ben, it grossed $85,000. That's it? That's it, Ben. $85,000, Ben. That is on average, and I'm going to break this down for you because I know you struggle with numbers. I that do. is 85000 Ben, in a, in a thousand cinemas. That is an average of $85 per cinema. That's not a lot. That's not a lot, Ben. That's about 10 tickets. That's Give or take. Give or take, Benjamin. And I tell you what, I wouldn't take any more Morbius. Any more Bius. I think, uh, thank you, but I'll have no Morbius was probably the tagline of this particular rendition. Benjamin, it is absolutely incredible. It has somehow managed to bomb twice in a single calendar year. That is the most awkward reading of a room outside of my much ill-fated 15th birthday. That's really bad. What happened at your 15th birthday, Ben? I thought a clown was a serial killer. It was a whole thing to do with candles and flamethrowers. Very awkward. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Is that the time when you had the, the, the adult performer came dressed as Morbius? Yeah, it was really awkward, and I was like, no, no, I don't like this film. But the pseudo execs at Sony kept saying, like, no, you do, you like this. You like this yeah. strange Russian yeah, yeah. ballet dancing vampire. Played Unironically. By, uh, played by noted cult leader Jared Leto. Jared Leto, he's in the cult. He wants you to join his cult and say it's Morbin time. <laughs> Benjamin! <does. laughs> Look, Morbius is really only the taster this week because we are, as I said earlier, Ben, we are up to our knees in the in the tainted floodwaters of content that is summer streaming releases. Oh, Michael, we are we are in we're in the luge, Michael. We are shaved down. We're wearing skin tight lycra suits, and we are just mm. bombing it mm. through the interwebs looking for content. <laughs> That's not the luge that I meant, but that's even funnier. We're going feet first, Ben, not head first, because that would be the skeleton. We're going feet first through the pipeline that is summer streaming content. Benjamin, which one do you want to start with? Which bit of streaming content do you want to start with? Well, let's start with the the, the most underwhelming one for me, Michael. Oh, go on. And the one that I think an awful lot of people were very excited about it, because arguably, out of the expanded Star Wars universe... He is the most beloved of the legacy characters, I guess. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi there, Michael, and we've had three episodes so far now. And it's uh, Ewan McGregor being a character we... that everybody knows survives. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, it seems to be the first Disney kids show in the Star go Wars on. universe. Go on. Um the the young actors playing young Luke and young Leia. First of all, young Leia has played very well. Some of the best child acting I've ever seen, Michael. Very believable young space princess acting. Yes, very good stuff from her. But also, Michael, what the fuck? Why do they Benjamin, think I'd be interested in that? She, she's got a little robot, Benjamin, which would be great for marketing. Yeah, Michael, the only reason she has a little robot is because it's great for marketing. It's great for marketing. You can buy it. You can go and buy it in a toy shop. You can just nag your parents until they buy it for you. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, Michael, would you? Because all it does is get smashed a lot. Yeah, and it goes beep boop, though. It goes beep boop and it's it cute. Little, it does a little beep boop. Uh, they always have to have a, a, an R2-D2-esque, BB-8-esque creation. Yes, but this time her name is Lola. Her name was Lola. She was a showbot. Yeah, she very good. Was yeah, very she's... ineffectual in a crisis. Well, she wasn't designed for it, so lay off her a bit, you fuck. <laughs> With flowers in her on. hair. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin, leave her alone. Yeah. Benjamin, I tell you what, I agree and I disagree. Go on. Um. Yes, he is the most beloved character in Star Wars. Most famously because he said the line, I don't know if you remember this, but he said, hello there. Hello there. And uh, that seems to be really his lasting legacy. But... A bit of a kick in the teeth for you and McGregor. But yeah. <laughs> Benjamin, it's sumptuous. It is, it's sumptuous. As in, it's, it's quite a spectacle. It's quite a spectacle, Ben. It's it quite looks expensive. The yeah, graphics, it, Benjamin, as I say, incredible. It does look expensive, Michael. It looks very expensive, Benjamin. And they got people back who had very minor roles in the old stuff and who are now much bigger names. I was very surprised to see Joel Edgerton back. Uh, what was Joel Edgerton in? Joel Edgerton. What has Joel Edgerton been in or who no, was what, he? Uh, remind me who he is. I, my brain is... Joel Edgerton oh, Joel is, Edgerton. He's Uncle Owen. Yes, yeah, sorry. He's Uncle Owen. Yeah, yeah. And when, jo- Owen. when Joel Edgerton was Uncle Owen in Star Wars 3... 
oh no, here's the more clones or whatever it was called. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> that when, was it. When no, he, no, that was, yeah. you got that. You nailed oh, it. No. Oh no, there's more clones. But Ben, when he was in Revenge of the Sith, he wasn't that big a name. No, he wasn't. Not at all. Because I don't think he even spoke, did he? He just holds no, he the just baby. No, he just took a baby. Yeah. Took a little baby and said, yeah, this could be conceiving, this could convincingly be my baby. Yeah, definitely. This is real. This isn't, this isn't going rise, to raise too many eyebrows. Benjamin. But there's a scene in episode one. Yeah. Where he is being uh, threatened by the new villainess. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, thir- yeah, yeah. the third sister. The third sister, as it were. And I was watching this with my good lady friend, and my good lady friend said, Oh, no, oh, no is he going to... And I was like, don't worry about it, he's grand. He'd be fine. Yeah, he'd be fine. He'll get burned to a crisp in about 10 years off screen. But he'll be fine until then. <laughs> until then, he'll be absolutely fine. Not fine in the long run. Long run, burned to a crisp. Burned to a crisp. in this show, absolutely fine. He'd be fine. Unless, Ben, they burn him to a crisp and put him in a Bacta tank. Because you can do that now, because Bacta tanks are just a great way of bringing a character back from the dead. You can bring anyone back in a back to tank. That's where the back part comes from. Yeah, it's back to the plot. Is yeah, yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, though, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I liked Benjamin. Yeah. Were you watching? Were you watching episode one? I was. Yeah, I gave it a look. See, yeah. Benjamin, why was I have only seen episode one? I'm not going to lie. I can't lie. I can't. I can't contain. I can't continue this. Um, the charade on the podcast anymore. I've only seen episode one, Benjamin. Go on. And is that why is? Why is Viggo Mortensen in the bar in episode one? It's not Viggo Mortensen. Benjamin, there's a little tiny, tiny cutaway scene where one of the people in the bar is Strider from The Lord of the Rings. Oh, there is. There is a scene like that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just there. And it's for every detail in the world is Viggo Mortensen. Is that a bit of, is that a little reference, Ben? I, I don't know if it's a little a little bloody Lord of the Rings doff of the cap, as it were, because, you know, Lord of the Rings has almost undoubtedly influenced Star Wars in Te- some form. Television. Yeah, television in general. Te- television in general, but also definitely Star Wars. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, for me, Michael, I don't know. I, I think there's an awful lot of... Oh, look, it's Ewan McGregor. Oh, oh, there's Ewan McGregor to, now. You, you have to applaud now. To which people are like, yeah, okay, but maybe we should wait and see if he does anything. No, no, that's nah. Ewan McGregor. That's remember Ewan McGregor a few years right ago? There. Remember a few years ago when he said hello there? You're all a big fan of him, remember? You know, from the from the Clone Wars series where he didn't actually play Obi-Wan Kenobi and that was all done by a voice actor who's not getting a look in in this series. Yeah, not getting a look in. Yeah, he's not a chance. Benjamin, Yeah. my favourite thing about the show Obi-Wan Kenobi was <laughs> the fact that for one, he keeps telling people, my name is Ben, which is delightful, because that's your name. That's my name, Michael. And, it, you know, it's a really, it really sets up some good jokes, which I haven't thought of or written down. But also, what was a real week. treat, what was a real treat was getting to see some of the exotic locations that we love about Star Wars. I can't remember, Ben, the last time we saw Tatooine on screen. What a treat to be in Tatooine. It's yeah. Look, I mean, Michael. One of the things that you could say about early Star Wars is it left the entire globe with a hankering for desert landscapes. <laughs> Benjamin, I'm doing a big sarcasm because Tatooine has been in everything. It's been in everything. It's non-stop. I can't turn on my television without ending up at Tatooine. No, that was Sahara with Michael Palin. Michael, remember we watched it together. Oh yeah, and he was going, "It's me, Michael Palin. I'm here in Tatooine, Sahara." But uh, but come here to me, Michael. It should, doesn't yes, really matter because then yeah. what we got after that, Michael, was a bloody... What is it? We got a bloody Mandalorian. That was set in Tatooine. Yeah. We got a bloody Boba Fett. That was set Boba in, Fett was in Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> Tatooine. Uh, now we've got this set in Tatooine. That's and, Tatooine, yeah. <laughs> I think desert planets are just easy to render on those big, get... big new screen rigs that they're mad about at Disney. <laughs> Obviously, Ben, it had to be set in Tatooine. But... The the problem with it, obviously, is that we know that it has to start and end in Tatooine, and yeah. he has to be fine. Yeah. And Luke Every- and Leia are fine. Everybody's and fine. I think the only potential deaths are Jimmy Smith's and um, and his wife. Which one is Jimmy Smith? Hang on. Jimmy Smith's is um, Leia's dad, Bail Organa. No, no. Uh, I think I think he survives till the end as well. Does he survive? Did I think. Oh God! I, I everyone's think they all do. Everyone's <laughs> going to be fine. They should have called it Obi Wan Kenobi. Everyone's going to be fine. 
I think anytime they introduce a new character, Michael, we should probably go, ah, oh, well, you're not long for this world because they need to heighten the tension somehow. So poor yeah. old Kumail Nanjani, he's not going to have a good time, I don't think. He's not but... going to have a great time, Benjamin. The Inquisitor, played by Soon Kang, a.k.a. Uh, Han from The Fast and Furious, he's not going to have a great time. Bloody uh, the other Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor. So, Michael, uh, do you want to do a little light spoilers here? Okay, do... go on. Okay, go do on. A light spoilers. Okay, so, do a little light spoilers. Yeah, go on. At the end of episode two of this series, Michael, which I haven't we, seen, we see. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna have to cover your ears for this bit. You just cover your ears there, and I'll, I'll tell the listeners. Go on, you tell the listeners. Yeah. So the Grand Inquisitor gets impaled by the third sister. Oh, I knew she was gonna be a bit dodgy. And Michael, this has upset the Star Wars canon no end because the Grand oh, Inquisitor on. is a recurring character within Star Wars Rebels. Now, is this set before or after that? This is set before that, but the the character in Star Wars Rebels dies in Star uh, Wars he... Rebels. So people are there going, hey, hang on, hold on. Hold on now. Hold the phone. A character can die twice. Mm. Can't do that. So we're now, I, to be honest, Michael, I think they're probably just going to stick him in a back to tank. Stick him in a back to tank, Ben. He'll be back to action in no time. Uh, if I could make a little prediction for the entire ben. series arc, Michael. Yeah. He'll be back to action in no time, I said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's my dirty old man podcast laugh. Very good. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, if I can make a prediction for the whole thing, Michael, uh, he's going to take out the third sister in episode five or six and remove that threat from the plot. Yeah, everything will be fine, I'd say. Just, Benjamin. Yeah. Let's move on then to things that are free from canon, free from desire, Mind and Sense is Purified. Benjamin, I have seen, and you have seen, the first three episodes of The Boys Season 3. Oh, Michael, I had no idea I was missing a show so much until I watched the first three episodes of Season 3 of The Boys. Benjamin, I am loving The Boys. The Boys, Michael, gets better and better each season. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, because I actually thought that... The first three episodes left me on a bit of a low point. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that they're bad, Ben. Not that they're bad. It's just, if they give you the first three episodes in, in, in the first day, you think maybe that's going to be a good stopping point and there's going to be a big event or something. But the big cliffhanger, Ben, at the end of episode three, I could take or leave it, to be honest. What, that the, the, the boys are going to Russia? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, and you know, and um, the thing that happened. Are we going to do spoilers for this or not spoilers for I, this? I, I think we can do. Uh, I think we can do spoilers, Michael. By the time people listen, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's only been released two days ago, three days ago, maybe. It's for Friday, yeah. So it'll be, uh, we'll do minor spoilers. Let's not let's not do any broad stroke stuff here. Yeah, speaking of broad strokes, Ben, that opening scene was absolutely disgusting. Oh, Michael, oh, I struggled to hold my lunch. I don't think this is a spoiler for anything, Michael, but I have never needed to see a large close-up of yeah. the tip of a man's penis being used yes. by Paul Rudd. I've never needed that in my life. That tiny little fella went into that normal size fella's penis end, Ben. Then he had a little sneeze. <laughs> One of the most disturbing and terrifying things that has ever been committed to television. Even for that poor little Ant-Man. He was just like, no! No, that's very unpleasant because he became big again, Ben, and exploded out of that man's penis. Benjamin. Reefed out. Imagine, yeah. sometimes I think what a world we live in. Imagine if you could take that bit of footage and go back in time and show it to someone a hundred years ago. <laughs> what a world they would think we live in. It would have been the stuff of nightmares, Michael. The whole cinematorium would have fainted. I, I, there were a few points, Michael, again in in the boys where I just went, "Oh, sweet, merciful Christ, lads!" Benjamin, Tone it back. Some Fuck. some very unpleasant going on. I don't know if you remember Ben, but there's a bit in the first episode where a tiny little fella goes up another <laughs> fella's penis, and then accidentally grows back to full size again and explodes out of that man's penis. Oh yes, I had actually forgotten that very forgettable moment, Michael. The definitely very didn't scare me for life. <laughs> Very, very unpleasant altogether, Ben. But come here, Michael. I have to say, I'm all for it. Uh, not not men exploding out of their men's penises. What you choose to do in the privacy of your own home, Michael, that's your business. But come here to me. Yes. I'm enjoying the boys' season three. I'm, I'm here for it, Michael. Every day that steps further and further from the Garth Ennis canon 
and I exult in it. I'm just like, yes, good. It's it's doing its own thing, Ben. It's doing its own thing, Michael, and I could not be happier about it. It's 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 hard to say. It's hard to even say this sentence, considering we've just been talking about a scene where a tiny little fella goes up another man's penis and then returns to the normal side, exploding out of that man's penis and yep. blowing him in half. But they really are towing it, toning it down step by step. They yeah. really are sanitising it. Yes. Yes, they are. Even the fact that that Homelander kind of... I'm not saying that he's a good guy, because he obviously isn't. He's, he's no, the villain. No, he's really not, Michael. But, but the fact that they're trying to make him... Relatable is the wrong word, but understandable. They're, they're, that, yeah. that, that, that we get where he's coming from. He's less American psycho and more tortured kind of soul vibes this season. Yes. Yeah, Come here yeah. to me. Anthony Starr is still one of the most domineering presences I have ever seen on screen, Michael. Anytime he pulls a character into a quick aside, my sphincter tightens. I just go, oh God, what's he going to say? Oh, oh Jesus. I hope a little tiny fellow doesn't go up my sphincter. Benjamin. Yeah. He is a little Australian fella. Anthony Starr is a small Australian man who <laughs> is just so imposing, Michael. He's very creepy. I, I wouldn't like to be around him. He's very unnerving. He's just an uncomfortable soul. It, it's it, He does it so well, Michael. So very, fucking well. Very unpleasant. Um, and it, it's really impressive to watch. I think, you know, he just destroys characters and you watch it happen and you're there going oh Christ and it, do you know one of the funny things that sticks out to me Michael and this is a, a minor spoiler in the in the overall boys episode but A-Train is back mm. and A-Train can't run anymore after the events of season one or two I don't remember I can't remember but anyway he's playing he's playing a big old risky game Michael because if he runs at his top speed his heart might explode Mm. So he's not running, and Homelander has zoned in on this, Michael, as a weakness of his, because he used to eat to keep up 30,000 calories a day, and then he run me, it ben. off, no bother. You're telling me. Yeah, well, I, I still eat 30,000 calories a day, Michael. Um, I don't do any exercise, though. That's... Yeah, you're doing your food challenges. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so anyway... Uh, you can check it out on my YouTube channel, Ben's Binge. Just check it out. Um, it's growing, a growing little grassroots movement over there on the YouTube channel, Michael. But mm, mm. when A-Train like does it, food. He, exactly, he's putting on a little bit of, of weight and Homelander just keeps targeting him again and again and again with some of the most blatant, like, fat shaming. Oh, very, and very it's good. so uncomfortable to watch where he's just like, I can see your girdle from here, you fat fuck. And you're just like, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it's so aggressive and awful. Oh, he's very, very unpleasant, Benjamin. One thing I was a little bit disappointed by Go in on. the first three episodes was how little we've seen of Jensen Ackles' Soldier Boy. I thought we'd have an awful lot more Soldier Boy by this point. So did I, Benjamin. I thought we were going to get really get down into him and see some stuff, but obviously that's going to be on the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I feel like I feel like Soldier Boy is possibly the weapon to be used against the Homelander, Michael. I won't lie. Ah, I see. Very good. Um, so the the central premise of the first three episodes is a MacGuffin, Michael, that can take down soups. Hmm. Uh, or so we're led to believe. And Benjamin, you can take down thirty thousand calories of soup. Yes, I can, but it's a real messy time for the f- uh, for the subsequent twenty four hours. It's real rough, mm. but yeah, I like can a, do it. Like yes, it's possible. Hose. Yes, it's possible to do that. Anyway, come here to me. Yes, what what is it? The soup is ninety percent fat. I won't lie. That's how you do it. That's the secret. But anyway, aside from that, Jensen Ackles, I think he's going to do it a bit of justice, Michael. I, I think it's going to be I fun to hope watch. So. I bloody hope so, Ben. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I I think there's some powerhouse performances here Michael like Karen Fukuyama is back and she's doing the old silent acting oh my goodness Michael the range that woman gets out of some facial expressions and nods she could teach Black Bolt a thing or two Ben I tell you what Anson Mount pretty fucking take notes chief take note Anson Mount for yeah. your inevitable comeback in the uh, Invisibles too. but I, I tell you what I tell you what snaps me out of it every time Michael every time I'm sitting there going oh yeah Emmys Emmys for everyone a bloody Carl Urban comes on screen and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, Carl. 
Carl's the best, Christ. Benjamin. How very dare you? <laughs> Oi, Carl. listen, you bollocks. He's the best character on television, you fucking plum. That's mate. Just not true. <laughs> He's fucking great. True. Oi, I enjoy, oi, I enjoy watching it. He does, he does. Angry Man Unleashed very well. I'll give him mm. that. But sometimes Michael he misses a beat in the accent. You're just there going, oh, oh, oh. very good. He's Fuck. a very good fictional British man. If you say so, Michael. If you say so. Um, yeah. Look, I I didn't realize how much I was missing it until I watched it again, Michael. And I I really enjoyed those first three episodes. And I will be glued, Michael. Stuck fast to the yeah, following oh, episodes. Yeah. Benjamin, one of my favourite things about us has been the little cameos. Bloody Charlize Theron? The first Char- Charlize Theron in episode one was one of my favourite cameos of all time, Benjamin. And so weird that she had almost exactly the same cameo in Doctor Strange. Did she? I haven't seen Doctor Strange. You still haven't seen Doctor Strange, I Benjamin? I haven't seen Doctor Strange. You still, Benjamin, you need to get out and see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse I, of Madness. I do. It's dropping on Disney streaming 22nd of June, so I might just hang on. June? Oh, it's, that's only like three weeks away, Ben. It's only three weeks away, Michael. Um, not even. Not what even. did probably... she have in bloody... She played Clea, Ben. Or Clea. Uh, I don't Clea. Your favourite character and mine, Clea. Benjamin, and then in, in, in season, episode two's special surprise cameo from Billy Zane was one of my favourite <laughs> things of all time. That's father of Scientology, Ron L. Hubbard. He's a L. Ron Hubbard. He's a real, he's a real good yeah. guy. He's yeah. a real good guy, Billy real Zane. He's just guy. looking out for you. Um, the Deep remains one of my favourite things about this show. <laughs> one of the most gross tool. characters such a who's tool. ever been on television. He's such Benjamin, a I don't, tool. I don't believe for a second he's talking to sea life. I think he's just a mentalist. You think he just like you think he just has an L fetish? Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, I think I don't think he can talk to sea life at all. I think he just likes fucking them. Yeah, he's just a creep. Benjamin. Yeah. I'm gonna have to edit out some of those sniffles. Sorry, sorry. I'll try and I'll try and maintain the sniffles. I'm very sorry. People are emailing in saying what we really love about podcasts is bodily function noises. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll leave, in, I'll leave some of them in then, so the listeners can get just about as upset, and then email into us. Email us at uh, Michael and Benjamin's podcast at gmail dot com. Whether you want to hear more or less sniffling from Ben, Benjamin. Any engagement is good engagement. All engagement is positive engagement, Benjamin. Unless it's Twitter, in which case, fuck Twitter. Get off Twitter, everybody. Get off Twitter. Everybody, get off Twitter. But also follow us on Twitter. Follow uh, us on uh, Twitter. Sure, listen, Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of uh, sniffly noses, in season four of um. What's it called? Stranger Things. Everyone's having a sniffly nose, but this time the sniffles is blood. <laughs> Very good. Nice. Thank you. It's a good segue. <laughs> well played. Michael, we're back to the town of bloody uh, Little Town. Hawkins. Uh, Maine. Hawkins, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hawkins. Little Town, Maine. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King's rejected bloody Little Town, Maine. Yeah. Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah, Hawkins, Indiana. Hawkins, Indiana, um, also known as Stephen King's Maine. Stephen Benjamin, Stranger Things season four has been on. I tell you what, it's quite good. Michael, I haven't watched any of it, so I tell you what, I'll have to take your word for it. Okay, well, look, you don't have to take my word for it, because I'll elaborate a little bit, because this yeah. is a bi-week... It's not a bi-weekly pop culture podcast. Ah, you Although said you it, might Michael. Think it, you you said might it, think Michael. it over the last couple of weeks. You Benjamin. You said it, Michael. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. This, uh, you know, pop... Whatever. Stranger Things, it's back. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that we said about, you know, the 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 onset of streaming and the ever-growing popularity of streaming then, which is not going away. Streaming is it now. Streaming is the future, Michael. Streaming is not the future, it's the now. We're in the future, Michael. We're in the future. What are we doing? We're looking around. But one of the things that we said was, it's great on streaming that um, you're not hamstrung or, you know, restrained by time, by networks, by trying to achieve... um, a 40-minute episode. You can do a 32-minute episode if you want. And then next week, do a 50-minute episode. And then the following week, do a 28-minute episode. Who cares, Michael? We don't need a set amount of time. We don't need a set amount of time, Benjamin. But, and I feel a bit guilty to be leading my review of Stranger Things Season 4 with my biggest complaint about it. Ah, But sometimes, Ben... Go on. Sometimes, a little bit of restrictions to work within can help a thing. Oh, yeah. 
because every single episode of the seven episodes of Stranger Things season four, which are online now, is at least an hour, but most of them are about an hour and 15 to an hour and 20 minutes. That's a lot of time. That's a short movie, Ben. Yes, it's a, well, I mean, it's a dead format now, Michael. The hour and a half film is dead and gone. It, it, well, Morbius was only about 90 minutes, Ben. Yeah, Michael, but uh, I, I think you'll find he's also dead and, uh, in fairness, not quite gone yet, but hopefully yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah. Remember the bit, though, where he said it's Morbin time and then he morbed all over those guys. Yeah, that was great. I can't wait for 10 years' time when Sony, you know, reads the room perfectly correctly again and releases a 10-year anniversary rescreening. It's it's Morbin time again. Benjamin. Yeah. Every episode is an hour and 20 minutes, so they're all like short films. And the That's final two episodes which are due to come in July this year, are going to be two hours and 20 minutes. Get fucked. Just release them as a full series, you little shits. Just do a series, Ben. And to to go to, to further on my criticism... My, <laughs> that was gross. Yeah, to, that further was on my, to further on my criticism, Ben... Enjoy that editing. Oh, it's going to be great editing, isn't it? That was sniffly, boys. Benjamin... To further on my criticism of this thing, um, when when you have so much time, infinite time essentially, you can be a little bit indulgent. You can you can dip your toe in a big old pool of expensive cream fresh. A big old pool of indulgency, Ben. For example, yeah. for example, Ben, the first three episodes, nearly four hours of content. Load of bollocks. And I tell you what, the first three episodes deal with let's let's just look at Eleven's story. Oh, do we have in to? episode one, Ben? She's in high school, oh, and yeah. she gets bull and she gets bullied by a girl oh, no, for no. not being cool and not fitting in. You oh. know that kind of so extreme bullying that can only exist in American TV shows. I think it can only exist in America. I think people do get bullied that much, Michael. It's just we in the civilized world don't have to deal with it to that extent. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I've never been an American high school teen. Thank Christ, Michael. It doesn't look great on telly, sure it doesn't? No, it looks very rough, Benjamin. But then, yeah. in episode two, okay. we're treated to a kind of development of the story. Oh, yeah. In which we see Eleven being bullied in American high school. Oh, good. So it's really progressed from Eleven being bullied in American high school to yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven being yeah. bullied yes, in American yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah. Now, luckily, Ben, in case you thought the 20 minutes or so that we've already dedicated to this weren't enough, in episode three, we really get to focus in on Eleven being bullied in American high school. Well, that's really important, Michael, I think, because, you know, if you didn't have four hours worth of time to tell the story of a young teen being bullied in American high school and then subsequently progress that story in a very natural way, Michael, towards a young teen being bullied in high school. Ultimately, to have the catharsis that is the resolution of a young teen being bullied in American high school. school, I mean, is it even cinema, Michael? That's my question. Is it even cinema, Ben? Is it even art? Benjamin, the whole thing is like that. The whole first three episodes are like that. It's like, oh my God, guys, this could have been one episode. This sounds awful. Well, there's the thing, though. Here, Therein lies the rub. It's not awful. It's actually very good. Oh, and I watched it. I watched it an episode at a time over the course of the last week. One episode a night. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, Ben. Other than the indulgence of... Um, let's get, I'll tell you a little bit about Hopper's story, shall I, Ben? Oh, go on. I, uh, from what I understand, Michael, he largely went to the set of Black Widow. Yes, About two yeah. or three years ago and never left. Exactly, Benjamin. He went. He just went to the Russian gulags three years ago, and is just filming stuff with that content now. So, if you want, if you want to do anything, if you want to do a kind of Schindler's List esque story about um, life in the Russian gulags, just get David Harbour on the phone and get up there while he's still there, because he won't (laughs) want to go back. Um, But Benjamin, even that story um, is about him escaping from a prison, being captured, being sent back to prison trying to escape from that prison, being captured and going back to prison, and then trying to escape from prison. And the whole thing, it's like, guys, we could have done without three of these episodes. But come here to me. The the most important question for me there, Michael, is he then Mm. mercilessly bullied in an American high school? No, no, he isn't mercilessly bullied Ah. in an American high school, which is nice, which is nice. But 11 is... So it's just movies, it's not cinema then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But it's quite good, Benjamin. The villain, Ben, Lord Vecna... Yeah, so is it Vecna or Vecna? 
Vecna, Ben. Vecna, he's from Dun- He's from Dungeons and Dragons, Ben. Your favorite franchise. Um, very good. One of the best villains they've had so far, Ben. If not the best. Good. It's about time. I, did, I never thought the villains were particularly scary, other than being big predatory monster boys. Exactly, Ben. He's the first villain with a bit of agency and a bit of um, motivation. Bit of a bit of a plan, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's very good. It's a very enjoyable show. It's very interesting. It's exciting. There's lots going on. You're worried about the characters, who's going to live, who's going to die. It suffers, of course, as every American drama does in from character bloat. Now, when you say character bloat, Michael, could you flesh that out a bit for me there? Oh, very good, because everything's covered in horrible, gross, fleshy things in, in Stranger yeah, Things. Seems to be the way of things, yeah. Also, the What voice- do I mean, Benjamin? everything's so fleshy and gross what I mean is every character who's been introduced in previous seasons and hasn't been in any way likeable is now back and we have to find something to do with them oh get fucked and Benjamin there are about 45 characters in this yes there are about there are about 45 main characters Benjamin think of a character Ben they're back they're back name a character Ben name a character Barb is back is she back only a little bit, but yes. All right, but she's back. But I mean, but Barb died, Ben. But anyone who doesn't die is back. Look, Ben. Look, Ben. Look, listen. Look. Sure, look, Ben. Sure, listen. Listen. The name of this podcast. Yes. Will is back, Ben. Oh yeah. Was he not supposed? Will to be? shouldn't. Will shouldn't have been back after season one. I, Will was shit. I, Will is still shit. He has the same inexplicably crap haircut. Benjamin. Apparently, the actor who plays Will, one young man whose name I've forgotten. Desperately pleaded with them not to make him have that haircut. I don't blame them. And they, said, <laughs> and they said, no, we've been to American high school. We're going to give you a big bullying. And you're going to be mercilessly bullied. I, <laughs> I tell you what I did take a little bit of pleasure in, Michael, um, is the fact that none of those cute little kids from season one have aged all that well. <laughs> they Benjamin, all... <laughs> they're all big, gnarly looking adults now. <laughs> they really are. They're big, gnarly looking adults. Big, gnarly-looking adults. It's particularly noticeable, Ben, in the slightly older kids. Yeah. The, the, the younger kids, they, they made the good decision of casting them the right age. Yeah. So now you have the likes of Finn Wolfhard and Millie Bobby Brown and Gaten Matsunaro, and they're playing 16-year-olds, and they're 19 in real life. So it's not a million miles off. It's not too bad. But the older kids, um, Nancy... Steve and Joe, Jonathan, um, they're played by thirty-year-olds now, (laughs) and they look every inch the thirty-year-olds. And it's particularly particularly notable with another character who probably you could have done with not having in this season, and that is um, what's her name, Maya Hawke's character. I couldn't get rid of Maya Hawke's character, Michael, because the internet loves her. Well, that's what I'm saying, Ben. I I think she's a great character. She's one of the best characters in this season. Yeah, so. I think she's great and Maya Hawke is great. But if you wanted to make this shorter, not every character from the previous seasons needs to be involved this year. No, probably doesn't, Michael, because we're getting another four hours of it in a, in two months. In in a month and a half or so, yeah. But Benjamin, yeah. Maya Hawke, does, she has no business pretending to be a high school student. She doesn't even look like a high school student. <laughs> at, least, at least the likes of Nancy and Joe and Jonathan look like 30-year-olds pretending to be high school students. Yeah. But... Maya Hawke doesn't even look... She looks like the guidance counsellor who's gone along with them. Oh, the, the Velma to their mystery gang. Yeah, I It's very you. strange, Benjamin. It's very, very strange. You don't need to bring every character back. There's no need. Some of them can just sail off into the, the ever-living lands, Ben, of the West. Just a little bit of restraint, lads. <laughs> a little bit of restraint. You don't have to bring everyone back. Don't bring Jonathan back. They don't know what to do with Jonathan, Mike and Will this year. Who's, so who's, Jonathan, which one's, which one's Mike again? Sorry, M- Mike is the uh, ostensibly Ben, the main boy, the one who's in love with Eleven. Finn oh, Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, he's useless, isn't he? So he just gets sidelined with Will and Jonathan and their new friend Argyle Ben. Who's and, Argyle? Uh, he's their new friend Ben because they thought what we need to do is introduce more characters. Oh, for fuck's sake! And they spend a good bit of time with Susie Ben. Do you remember Susie? Uh, no, I don't, Michael. I haven't really ever seen season one of Stranger Things. Oh, well, Susie is Dustin's girlfriend from season three. Who's that? Exactly, Ben. She's back. Everyone's back. Why? Everyone's back. But it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Lord Vecna's great, Ben. Um, the kind of reveal of what's going on in Eleven's history, fantastic. 
um, and the kind of action adventure teen Goonies meets Monster Squad meets something else feeling is all fantastic. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait for the the ending. But God, I could have done with it being three to four episodes shorter. Yeah, it sounds like they're cramming a lot in. Hour and 20 episodes, Michael, is very indulgent. Very indulgent. Indulgent is the word to describe it, Benjamin. It has one of the best scenes, though, we've seen so far, Ben, which is, I won't spoil it too much, but it involves the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, with a phenomenal performance from Sadie Sink. Michael, Running Up That Hill is having a TikTok resurgence as a direct result of Stranger Things 4. It's split the internet down the middle because lots of grumpy old gatekeepers are like, no, you don't understand how significant Kate Bush is. Ah! And then everyone yeah, else yeah. is like, oh, this is a bit of a banger, isn't it? It's a good, good old banger, Ben. I tell you what, Ben, here's my hot take on Kate Bush. Kate Bush has some good songs, but it's entirely by accident. Uh, yes, I think, I think Kate Bush is, is the uh, Italian pasta cooking method of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> she just makes random noises, Ben, and every now and then it turns into a good song. But a lot of the time it's just... Yeah, <laughs> if, if you gave a thousand Kate Bushes a thousand typewriters in a recording studio, you'd eventually end up with running up that hill. Yes, exactly, Benjamin. Yeah. We've taken Kate Bush down a peg. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's still alive, I don't know. She's still alive. <laughs> Oh, good, good. I hope she's happy. I hope she's enjoying her new found. There's nothing new found about it, Michael. I think Kate Bush has a legion of adoring little sad boys and girls that just praise her like some kind of Virgin Mary. Is that right, Benjamin? You're not, you, do, you don't think that this will be kind of Gen Z's introduction to her? Oh, it, it definitely is. But I think they still have a little legion of little alt boys and girls that are like, Oh, Kate, Kate, cry not on me. Good. Well, I'm glad. I hope she's doing very well. I, I hope so too. Good for Kate Bush. Benjamin! Yeah. Do your transition to the main topic. Uh, come here, Michael. Speaking of, you know, borrowing from other universes, including D&D, to make your main character Lord Vecna, um, sometimes they do that in cartoons. <laughs> Very good, Benjamin. Benjamin, we are in the era of the multiverse. Uh, yes, we are. If you're, if you're not, not even multiverse, Ben, it's just meta. Meta, if you're not, the, yeah. If you're not meta these days, why are you even doing it? Who even are you with your lack if you're, of meta? With your not meta. If, you, if you're not meta, you're not winning, Ben. You and your logical boundaries for plot and story. Get the fuck. Get meta, Ben. Even, Ben, some of the things we've been talking about today. Stranger Things, Ben. Very it's meta. not very... It's very meta. It's not very self-referential. But it's very meta, Ben. It's, you know, it's it's a 80s throwback. It's a modern attempt to make an 80s movie. That's meta, isn't it? It's, it's meta in a sense, yeah, absolutely. They're using, isn't it, Ben? They're using cultural touchstones as bloody cash, Michael. They're, ben, they're Benjamin, in their cultural chips. The boys. You can't get any more meta than the oh, boys. So meta, Michael. It's our corporate world, Michael, with a bloody spandex lycra clad outfit on. And they're even making films about themselves in the film, Ben. So meta. People are ordering things from Amazon. Very unironically. Meta. Unironically, <laughs> Michael. Meta. Unironically ordering things from Amazon. They joke about like, oh, this movie's not going to be a success, so we'll probably drop it on Vought Plus and all that shit. But then have people unironically buying things from Amazon, the fucks. The fucks. Get out of here, Amazon. You're the baddies. I keep producing the boys, but other than that, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You are the baddies, Amazon. But Benjamin, we live in the era of meta, and nowhere is this more apparent than in the last couple of months, Benjamin, where you just can't turn your head without being whacked over the head with cartoon crossovers. Oh, Michael, they fucking love them. Benjamin, you have been more excited uh, than anything over the last few months about the upcoming game Multiverses. Multiverses is... Fucking booming, Michael. The amount of speculation for that game is fascinating. Do you want to tell the listeners what Multiverses is? Before no, I... you tell the listeners what Multiverses is, Ben, because I'm usually our computer game guy, so I think there'll be more comedy in you telling them. I think that's probably true, Michael. Come here to me. Cast your mind back there. All right. Yeah. The days of... The, I don't know if it was the 64, Michael, but it certainly was the GameCube. Cast your mind back there to the old Nintendo GameCube. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're there, little purple box. I'm there, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A cube, yeah, yeah. if you will. A cube, a little purple cube, yeah. Come here to me, Michael. Somebody would have said to you, right, ah, oh, did you hear about this new fighting game? And you would have said, ah, oh, is it the Tekken, is it? 
And they would have oh, said, "Oh, she's a Tekken." Yeah. And they What's the Tekken doing? Oh, that's yeah. very upsetting. And they would have said, "They would have said, no, it's not the Tekkens. No, no, it's not the Tekkens." And then you go, "Ah, then it must be the Mortal Kombat's." Mm, uh, mm. And they would have said, "No, yeah. it's got nothing to do with bats who love mortals." Uh, and they would have said, "All right, no, then I don't know the fighting game you're talking about." And then they would have said, uh, "Come here, have you heard of the Super Smash Bros? Have you?" Oh, I see. And you would have gone, what, what's that there? It's like, well, you know the way you love Super Mario? Yeah. You know the way you love Donkey Kong? Yeah. You know the way you love yeah. Zelda? Yeah. Uh, come here to me. What if they were all in the same universe? And you'd be like, you can't do that. What would they do? That they have a big unnecessary fight over something? They'd probably have a big old brawl, Michael. <laughs> it was the N64, Ben. But that was a pretty good history. Benjamin, what about Kirby? Will Kirby be there? Kirby will probably be there. He'd probably do a... And suck you into him and, you know, do all the classics. You know, and then... Spit you out off the map. He'll suck you right off that platform you were standing on. <laughs> Benjamin, um... Go sucking up that hill. And Benjamin, will Sonic Hedgehog be there? Do you think Sonic Hedgehog will be there? He might be there on occasion if Sega's looking for a few extra shekels. I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Benjamin, <laughs> it's non-stop. Benjamin, if you go even further back in, in uh, video game history... Go on. You might, you might even bump your head into Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, that's a classic there in itself, Michael. An arcade beat-em-up. A little arcade beat-em-up, Ben, with your favourite characters from Marvel, the X-Men, Benjamin, Captain America. Captain America. Fighting the likes of Ryu. Oh, yeah, from the L Street Fighter. From the L Street Fighter. Chun-Li, Ben, your favourite Chun-Li. Yes, big old thick thighs herself. Yeah, Big old thick thighs, yeah. My favourite, Ben, Morrigan. Oh, yeah, Morrigan, noted, yeah. Uh, very tasteful depiction of Irish myth and legend, Morrigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's uh, Scottish in the game, though. Benjamin. Ah, yeah, but, sure. But now, Benjamin, we've got multiverses coming up. Yeah, so Warner Brothers took note of this and went, Jesus, that's making a lot of fucking money, isn't it? We should just do that with ours. Uh, you know what we love? <laughs> money. We love money. So Multiverse money. Michael is every single Warner Brothers animated property and non-animated property eventually, I guess, that you I can guess. think of. Uh, and they're being put in a little mobile game called Multiverses. It's not mobile, is it? Is it a mobile game? Some of it's mobile, yeah. Ben, who's up in there? There's a Batman. Batman's in there. He's one of their popular characters. Harley Quinn's probably up in there. Harley Quinn's on up in there. Second popular character. Michael, do you know who they might go up against? Who might they go up against? A Bugs Rabbit, for example. Have <laughs> you got that wrong on purpose? Yes, I did, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love Bugs it. Bunny's in there as well, Michael. Uh, Shaggy is in there. Now, Michael, this is where it gets exceptionally meta, right? So meta, Ben. So, on the internet, in recent years... Right? Yeah, it's more Shaggy, of a time. Shaggy has been turned into a strange meme as kind of a Super Saiyan version of Shaggy. Have you heard of this? Yes. Yeah. So Shaggy has like a god mode that he can access in internet meme culture. And for a while there, they were doing all kinds of funny little cartoons and comics where Shaggy would be, you know, on the ropes, as it were. And then he'd activate his Super Saiyan mode and he'd have a go. And Michael, they've only gone and put it in the fucking game. <laughs> Put it in the game, Ben. Shaggy now canonically has an ultra instinct mode. An ultra instinct mode for Shaggy. Benjamin, it's mental. We live in an incredibly weird meta time. Yeah, it's all collapsing, Michael. It's all wishy-washing together in one big pool. But Benjamin, let me take you back in the DeLorean, Ben. We might as well use the DeLorean since we're being so fucking meta. It's very meta. Um, Let me take you back to a couple of weeks ago. When you and I both, both watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers in the Metaverse. Yeah. And I tell you what, Ben. It's Chip and it's Dale. And uh, they're, they're the Chip and Dales, Ben. Yes. But not the, not, the, not the furniture makers. Oh, no, no, no. No, or the sexy dancers. Hey, get the fuck out of here with your tops. <laughs> okay, put your tops back on, lads. Please. Jesus. Bloody nipples and everything. Benjamin, it's a it's a modern reimagining of what has happened to the characters Chip and Dale from the 1980s cartoon Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. That's and I'll tell you mad. what, yeah. it's fucking mental, Benjamin. Benjamin, go on. we're going to go straight into it, right? So Chip and Dale, Ben, they've gone their separate ways. Yep. They've grown up. They've gotten older. One of, one of them has had the 3D surgery. Yeah. And the other one is still traditionally hand animated. And uh, one of their friends has gone missing. Played by Eric Bana, Ben, your favourite Hulk Banner. and mine. 
your favourite Hulk and mine, Eric Bana. And um, and they have to team up and find him, Benjamin. And they live in a weird universe where all characters from animation coexist with humans. Yeah. And they're, everyone's real. So it's who framed Roger Rabbit's spiritual successor, in a sense. In a sense, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, He's having there. said that, Ben, He's first of all, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is actually in there. Yeah. It could very well be a sequel. I think it might be. There's no reason not to think of it as a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There, there isn't. There's, there's nothing barring that interpretation from being a thing. But, Benjamin. Yes. My absolute favourite thing about this, and the reason it has become an episode, is it is internet meme culture gone mad. Given, now, given ben, legs. It's just given legs, Ben. Internet meme culture is already responsible for getting Morbius back in cinemas. Oh, it's mad. Hashtag, hashtag it's morbing time. It's morbing but, time. But, Benjamin, yeah. this film, and spoilers for it, but I, this was spoiled for me, and this spoiler is probably why I ended up watching this. This has one of the most meta character cameos yeah. you're ever going to see in your entire life, Benjamin. And that is the absolute cinematic icon, Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic. Benjamin, Ugly Sonic. I, I couldn't... I, my brain still can't cope with it, Ben. I, how could you, Michael? So, not only is Ugly Sonic not a property, it's, <laughs> it's a mistake. He's not even a property, In ben. a property. <laughs> and there's a real Sonic because he says it himself. Yeah, yeah. That's a real Sonic gig. Like going fast is for Sonic. I go slow. Oh. It's it's insane. This is an insane there. thing, Ben. It's an ins- absolutely insane thing. So Benjamin, for the listeners who might not remember, Ugly Sonic was the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie got his first trailer released a couple of years ago, probably four years ago, five years ago now. Yeah, give or take, yeah. And they designed a kind of more realistic in air quotes, Sonic the Hedgehog for the for, for the movie. For some bizarre fucking reason, you have genuinely he, one of the most beloved mascots of all time. And they one of the weirdest to decisions. Change. One of the weirdest decisions of all time. Realistic fur, human teeth. Human teeth. Gross eyes, Ben. Yeah. It, horrible. Horrible character design, Ben. And the internet backlash against it was phenomenal. People hated it. To the point that they changed it. They redesigned the character based on internet feedback to a trailer. Which was almost unprecedented, I would say. Then. Maybe the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. But, Ben, he's back. He's in this. That character is in this it's as a mad. character, Ben. An independent character who's doing jokes. He bites his tongue with his horrible teeth, teeth. Ben. Yeah, because they're awful. It's one of the greatest comedy creations of all time, Ben. His name is Ugly Sonic, Ben. Yes, and he wears it with pride. Oh, Michael, do you know who that was originally supposed to be? Who was it originally supposed to be? It was released on the internet by one of the concept artists. That was originally supposed to be Jar Jar Binks. Um, Oh, very good. When they weren't sure if they could lock down Ugly Sonic, because it took quite a bit of negotiation uh, to do that. Okay. Yes, hello, we would like to use Sonic. And they're like, no, we're very protective about Sonic. No, not that Sonic. Not that Remember one. the trailer you did? Can we have the assets from that trailer you did five years ago that everybody hated? Yeah, give me that. Uh, so one of the things I find fascinating about this, Michael, is that it's cross-studio uh, meta. So it would be one thing for Disney to go into their own back catalogue, which they do quite a bit in this. Yes, they love and it. And take characters. That would be one thing. But, Michael, what we're actually getting is characters from multiple different studios Mm. that don't even own the same intellectual property. Another example is a throwaway bit. Uh, One of the henchmen for the main villain of this movie is is voiced by Seth Rogen. Yes. And he's voicing a character from the Ray Winston era Beowulf. Yeah, but he's a dwarf. So he doesn't seem to be any particular character. In the same way that the polar bear could be a Coca-Cola polar bear, or he could be from Polar Express, the joke is that they're from that era of bad CG. Bad CG. Empty CG. The Robert Zemeckis CG era. Yes. And what we get as a result of that is he gets knocked down and three separate characters that have been voiced by... Seth Rogen appear. 
One Very from good. two from DreamWorks Studios and one from Disney. So Pumba from the live action Lion King remake is there. The blob that was Seth Rogen. Yeah, the blob from the DreamWorks show Monsters vs. Aliens was there. That was Seth Rogen too. And Grasshopper from Kung Fu Panda is there. That's also Seth Rogen. But that's cross studio stuff, Michael. It's bizarre. Madness. Absolute and madness, Ben. People have been having a field day with this, Michael, because they're going back through the movie and finding obscure characters, and they're trying to find the most obscure ones they can. And one of the ones that they found, Michael, is, you know when they go through the little Toontown thing to try yes. and find a lead on, on where this is happening? Out of one of the buildings stumbles a character from Aura Crumb. I don't know if you know who Aura Crumb is. Pretend I don't. Or Crumb is a cartoonist, Michael, and the the emphasis there is on cartoonist who wrote alternative comics back in the late sixties, early seventies, um, and they yeah, were subversive yeah. comics. They were kind of vile and disgusting and strange, um, but a lot of people picked them up as kind of counterculture things. And he's a very famous artist in his own right that made these kind of weird. He was like James Joyce if James Joyce was a cartoonist. It was weird. Anyway, one of his characters pops up in it. It's fucking mental. Mental, Ben. One of the only criticism I have against it is it, it might take place in the same universe as Roger Rabbit. It's a, it feels a little bit less adult than Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it definitely is. But oh, that might just be a, a sign of the times. No one's smoking, Ben. No, no one's smoking and no one's sexy. But you can kind of say that about television in general these yeah, days. Yeah, everyone, everyone is non-threatening. Yeah, everyone's non-threatening and no one's sexy anymore. Yeah. But Benjamin... um. One thing I kind of didn't like about it, and something that um, the original film, the originator of this, which I also watched, the 1988 film, Who Was It That Framed the Rabbit Roger? Yes, classic. Um, does, does a lot better. Is the hand-drawn animation, this isn't hand-drawn animation. No, it's little 3D fellas. It's little 3D fellas just flat shaded. And yeah. there are times when it's very noticeable that this isn't high quality Disney hand drawn animation. Anytime Chip has to do any kind of action shot, I think it's Chip. John Mulaney? The Chip or Dale? The 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 traditionally animated the one. Traditionally I don't remember, animated to be one. I can't remember which one it is. Um the traditionally animated one, Michael, is uh, he's yeah, he's obviously a three D asset ninety percent of the time. Yes, I would say a hundred percent of the time. But it's obvious ninety percent of the time. Yeah. It's and glaringly that was obvious. A, that was a bit disappointing to me. In a world where the whole point was some people are 3D, some people are 2D. and it, So I went back and I watched 1988's Ben, who framed Roger, Roger's Rabbit, who was it that did that? And in that, everything, of course, is obviously hand animated. Obviously. And, and like you say, Ben, cross studio. Yeah. So you have uh, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck both which doing should, a dueling piano doing a dueling pianos type situation and yep. you've got uh, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny Ben both uh, both laughing at Bob Hoskins but even Ben the choice of lead character of Bob Hoskins yes a little gross English fella playing. smoking fags and, <laughs> playing and a little gross American fella playing a little gross American fella on the whiskey smoking fags and yeah. getting getting involved with sexy cartoon rabbits it's I mean it, it's still a kids film who found the Roger Rabbit is a kids film undoubtedly is it though it is. It's just a kid's film from the 80s where everything was gross and sexy. Jessica Rabbit broke us all, Michael. Everything in the 80s was gross and sexy, Ben. Everyone yeah. was smoking fags and drinking whiskey and being sexy, even in kids' stuff. Yep. It was real weird. That's, what wrong, that's what's wrong with us all from that period. Benjamin. But it's all hand-drawn. It's all real hand-drawn animation. Yep. And that means that in places, it slips up a lot more than Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Does it? Yeah, because the the animation is a. It, I mean, it's incredible. It's an incredible feat for the time. Um, one of the things that I I've read about it, Ben, in the book who made Roger Rabbit, was um, that any time a cartoon character is on screen, they were dictated from on high that they had to be interacting with the scene. Okay. Because otherwise, what was the point? Yeah. So they're always moving things, touching things. Splashing water, uh, lifting up physical objects, or else they're not on screen, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's a very good show Bible move. Yeah. Now, sometimes the animation slips a little bit because there's some very, but there's some incredible animation in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Ben. Some absolutely spectacular stuff because it was really Disney at the height of their powers. And it yeah. was a massive financial success, Ben. Huge. 
to the point that it's often credited with kickstarting the Disney Renaissance. They definitely kickstarted the Disney Renaissance. A lot of the techniques they perfected there just showed what they could do and kind of push forward from there. It was really impressive. Exactly, Ben. There's a scene at near the start where it's Roger Rabbit and the baby Herman. And there's some incredible animation work that a lot of Beauty and the Beast wouldn't have happened if Without. this hadn't happened first, yeah. it's, it's it's incredible. And you can't say that about Chip and Dale, unfortunately. No, Chip, Chip and Dale, Dale... Yeah. Chip and Dale lives and dies on its meta, not on its quality. Yeah, no, it's 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 very much joke-driven and it's very much a comedy. There's, there's not a lot in that film um, outside of what we have. So it's John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. That'll tell you a lot about it in the first place. But it's actually directed by Andy Samberg's comic troupe Oh yes, the Lonely, uh, the Lonely Island, Island boys. So it's it's the three of them that kind of came up with this and and pushed it. And um, it's interesting that it's gone straight to streaming. It is, isn't it? It feels cinematically quality. Yeah, I felt like you could, but it's banking on a very American sense of nostalgia. Because to be honest with you, Michael, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers was something that was on the den at around half eight in the morning before school, if I can remember accurately here. But it didn't make any kind of lasting impact. We weren't all Rescue Rangers fans. Benjamin, I couldn't for the life of me tell you if I've ever seen an episode of Chip I, and Dale I, Rescue I doubt Rangers. you have. I doubt you have. Um, I have seen Chip and Dale in some old Disney Merry Melody cartoons, but I haven't seen them outside of that. So maybe, I'm familiar with them, Ben. Yeah, I know. I know who they are. Uh, but I feel like, Michael, it, that's, you know, it's banking on an American sense of nostalgia, and maybe that's why it didn't get a release over here. Now, I don't know if it released in cinemas in the States. I'm I don't not think sure. it did, Ben. I don't think it did. I think it just went straight to streaming everywhere. Well, I think the other reason that might have happened, Michael, is because John Mulaney, who voices either Chip or Dale, I can't remember, his star is, is falling somewhat at the minute. He's Oh, no, what's he done? Uh, well, he had... So John Mulaney would traditionally attract uh, a left audience, a left-leaning audience in the United States. Go on, uh, go on. More liberal values. But he's recently done a series of shows backing up, or being being supported by Dave Chappelle. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, Dave Chappelle, yeah, he doesn't like Netflix. Dave Chappelle doesn't like anybody, apparently, because apparently he came on at one of the gigs in New York, or uh, it might not have been New York, could have been LA, I'm not 100% sure, but, and gave one of the most transphobic sets uh, you could possibly imagine from a man who traditionally draws a large LGBTQ plus audience. Um, mm. And so uh, people are really condemning him. The other reason they're condemning him is because he uh, went to rehab, left his wife, cheated on her with Olivia Munn, and now he has a baby with Olivia Munn. Um, Does he? Yeah, so he's a big old condemned man as our John Mulaney. Is John Mulaney the one who had a kid with um, with Olivia Wilde? No, it's Olivia Munn. No, okay. Oh, did he? It's definitely Olivia. Just has a, he has a thing for women called Olivia. Benjamin. Yeah. Maybe as well, it was considered a bit too close to Space Jam, the latest Space Jam. No one wants to see it. Yeah, they might have got a bit of. They might have got a bit of a uh, a warning shot across the bow, Michael, from the large product placement ad that was Space Jam Two. Space Jam Two, Space More Boogaloo. Ben, terrible film. I I couldn't make it through it. I never, I never watched it, Michael. My my good sister uh, went to see it uh, with a friend, and she literally walked out of the cinema. She said, "I lasted all of twenty five minutes, and we left." <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> like, appalling, yeah. Ben. I I flicked through it on the streaming, and I I couldn't I couldn't get through it. And it's very rare that I can not sit through a film. It has one good joke that I could tell, Ben. Right. Where they accidentally book Michael B. Jordan instead of Michael Jordan. That's quite good. That's a good joke. Quite meta. But, you know, a bit of a meta joke, a bit of a one-note meta joke. It's no Ugly Sonic, Ben. It's no Ugly Sonic. He's a character in it, Ben. And he's he's important, too. He's in the plot and everything. Do you know, I think one of the most meta things that that blew my mind, Michael, was, and spoilers for a film that's out about two and three weeks now, Peter Pan being the villain is genius. Oh, very good, Benjamin. It's your mate and mine, Will Arnett. Will Arnett, but having him be... Because Peter Pan is part of that kind of golden era of Disney films, Lady and the Tramp, uh, you know. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. And yeah. there are other ones there as Lady well that the, I can't Lady think of. Lady and the Tramp, yeah. There, there are other ones I can't think of. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, exactly. Part of that kind of 
early golden age of Disney animation. But it's the one that people probably care least about out Who of all about of Peter them. Pan? So they turn him into a creepy elfla. And it's yeah, very good. That that is the moment I knew, Michael, that this film doesn't give a fuck. Go on. It's going to it's going to take all your beloved childhood characters and just ah no, no, it's not right. He's he's a dirty old man. Uh, he's he's a dirty old man now. Yeah, he's a dirty old man now. Suck it up. And it's it's very meta, Michael. Very clever. Very meta. Very clever, Benjamin. I loved every minute of it. It was very good. It was very good. Right, ladies and gentlemen. Have you watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers or Chip and Dale Rebooted or whatever? What do you think of Ugly Sonic? Do you want an Ugly Sonic movie? I do. Uh, so- I want an Ugly Sonic movie, Ben. <laughs> I want an Ugly Sonic movie. I want an Ugly Sonic action figure. I want an Ugly Sonic TV series. You can get in touch with us in a few different places, Michael. You can get in touch with us on the website at www.showmreview.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means Tiny Room in Irish. You can find us on the Instagram at Shalukshalism Podcast. Always up to date with the latest in pop culture news and exciting events. Fuck you. If you actually want to keep up to date with us, you can get in touch with us on the Discord. Uh, Fuck me now, not the listeners. <laughs> you, can find it, you can find it down below uh, on the website. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to have sex with superheroes, try not to have sex with the Ant-Man one. It's going to end badly. Bye-bye. It's just explode inside your willy. You'll have no guts left. Ugh. Ugh.